The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So welcome to our day of mindfulness and joy. I want to say a little bit about um, mindfulness practice and its relationship or possible relationship to joy. appreciative joy. I mean, in one way, when you think about it, it, if mindfulness practice is attending to the present, being in the present, um, the most beautiful things in life happen in the present, you know. Love, beauty, um, all of the human experiences that we enjoy, um, we need to be present to experience them, to enjoy them. Um, and in this very, so in this very practical way, training the mind, training the heart to simply be here, be present with experience, um, opens up this whole world of appreciation. Uh, little, little, yeah, thank you. Um, so something about bringing our presence, you know, to, to fully meet experience. Um, we can appreciate it, we can enjoy it for in the present moment. Um, you just sort of understand this in a, experiential level. If I'm looking forward to this delicious meal and either I'm so greedy for it that I just inhale it, (laughs) it totally bypasses the mouth and just, you know, I didn't really appreciate it. Or if I'm completely preoccupied and distracted and, you know, I I can't be present for the sensations food, the experience. So this is one level of the connection between mindfulness and joy. And it's important and it's beautiful and it's one of the things that um, can give us confidence in the practice, can give us faith, especially in a day like this of continuous practice, just coming back to the present moment over and over and over again we start to experience our life in a different way. So that's one level. And then another level, and maybe I'll pose this more as a question or as as something to explore is, If mindfulness means 
a certain way of looking, a certain way of being with experience. Is there something in this way of looking that itself somehow changes our experience, colors our experience, opens up our experience? It's like sometimes there's a metaphor for mindfulness practice which is sort of like cleaning the glass. You know, the windshield is is uh, crusted over with, you know, whatever. Um, bird droppings or something and you just kind of, you know, just clean it and clean it and clean it and get it really clean. And then we can see things as they are. Um, and that's, that's useful. That's a very useful metaphor in a certain way. Um, but also, um, It's like the way we look, how we look, what we bring together with mindfulness um, shapes the experience itself, colors the experience itself. You know, this is what the Buddha was talking about with this uh, teaching of the conditionality, the dependence of perception itself. You know, it's not like we're just looking through to some objective reality, moment by moment, we are shaping our reality. We're creating what we perceive. Um, And this is another thing that we know experientially. When we're upset or frustrated or angry, it colors the mind. It changes how we perceive. When we're relaxed and open and um, calm, compassionate, the exact same experience will be perceived in a different way. So this is just, you know, um, I hope that makes sense of just looking at these two levels, you know, One is coming back to the present moment and um, being here, being here and open and, uh, you know, sort of absorbing the sensations when we do the walking, just bringing your mind into the feet and absorbing the sensations of each step. Um, Beautiful. You know, mindfulness practice, here. And then just noticing the second level as well. Um, is there a way of looking at experience that tends to bring stress, that brings suffering? Is there a way of looking, of being with that same experience that brings ease and well-being and joy? Um, So so during this day, we'll alternate between periods of sitting 
and walking. Um, is there anyone who has not done a walking meditation before? Okay. If you like, you can come up. You know, after um, we break for the session, and I can give a little more detail. But um, sitting and walking are said to sort of balance each other energetically. So one way I think about the walking practice is it sort of like fills up the battery, recharges the battery for the sitting. And if sitting, we start to get a little drowsy or the energy starts to sink, Uh, Maybe in the walking practice, experiment with doing a little bit of faster walking. Um, The other thing to say is that in a fundamental way, sitting and walking are not different practices. We're bringing a mindfulness, awareness, this quality of attention that can just hold whatever experience comes in um, in a loving way, to meet whatever experience comes in in a a loving way. Um, And the one, um, I mean, I I, I don't really like to speak like this, but the the one way of sort of... um, getting the most out of a day like today, if, you know, for whatever that means, is to try to have as much continuity as possible between the sitting and the walking. You know, mo- most of us, most of us, you know, once we're sitting, we'll pretty much, we'll sit through to the end of the period, you know, unless there's some, something emergency that comes up. Um, and then once you've started walking, you know, and find a, find a space and walk back and forth slowly, you know, and, and there's a sort of support in staying in the walking practice until the bell rings. But these transition times are, in a way, the most challenging. Getting up from sitting, going to walking. Tea is a temptation. <laughs> Maybe there's, you know, do you need a bathroom break or not? You know, kind of thing, uh, and so, you know, not that it's a problem to have a cup of tea, something, but just to try to bring the sense of mindfulness, this awareness, this, this, this uh, settledness to whatever activity you're doing. And notice what it feels like to keep that continuity of awareness, you know, rather than just jumping up and running out. It's like, you know, we're still in meditation. And we go out and we, and we find our walking or we go to the bathroom or whatever. And, you know, just keeping that continuity. Um, maybe one of, the, one of the signs or markers of a very mature practitioner, you know, sort of like a master, is that they give off the feeling of always being in meditation, you know, whether they're talking or moving or s- sitting, you know, 
That's, there's just an arbitrary line between meditation and not meditation. Um, one of my Zen teachers sometimes says that he loved to watch Suzuki Roshi put on his sandals. You know, there was something in the quality of his mind, of his heart, and putting on his shoes or in walking, you know, just walking to the baths or doing something like that, that, you know, the exact same feeling of kind of, you know, this sitting perfectly still mind. And so, um, okay. Um, so it's 10.20 right now. We'll have about 25 minutes for walking and then uh, come back for the sitting at 10.45 and we'll ring the bell a few minutes before that. Okay. Thank you.